0: If you want to go beyond the rink and into the dressing room, there's only one place to be the hockey verse with your hosts, Michael Tracos and Johnny legend.
1: Oh, it's that time of year again. You got the first overall pick in your hockey playoff pool. Who are you going to take? Let's face it guys. It's not even a question you'd have to be a fool not to pick Connor McDavid. It's not even up for debate. Yeah. You might think the Leafs are, this is their year. They're going to go all the way and you'll pick Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner. At least think about it. Or maybe you'll go with Colorado since they won the cup last year and pick Nathan McKinnon, Nikita Kucherov or David Pasternak or Patrick Kane, all good picks. However, This isn't trying to predict uh, who's going to be in the final type of discussion. No, this isn't gambling on a team or even gambling on a player. This is about a sure thing. And the Oilers could go out in the second round and I'd still have Connor McDavid as my top pick. You'd have to be a fool not to. McDavid is averaging nearly two points a game this year. Two points a game. Last year, he finished the playoffs with 33 points in 16 games. Now think about that for a second. Even if the Oilers went out in the second round. And McDavid played in just a dozen games. He's still probably going to end up with somewhere around 20 or who knows, 25 points. Most years, that's good enough to be in the top five. In fact, last year, he led the entire playoffs in scoring. And that was despite not reaching the final. And despite playing in seven fewer games than the next best player. This year, with a path to the conference final that goes through LA and Vegas, he probably has a good chance of repeating, heck, I've picked the Oilers to reach the final and win the cup this year. So yeah, McDavid is going number one. The big question is who goes next? Will it be Matthews, McKinnon, Kucherov? We'll get to that answer and much more on today's edition of the Hockeyverse.
0: You just found the world's latest and greatest hockey, sports and entertainment podcast. This is the Hockeyverse. On today's episode, we answered questions, but this was after an introductory conversation where we talked about the Leafs, the league, our lives and much more. By the way, check out our show notes for timestamps if you want to fast forward to your favorite part. Also, if you want to be on an episode like this one, email your questions to heyhockeyverse at gmail.com. Now put in your mouth guard and let's go.
1: All right, Johnny, you got the number one pick. Are you Are you going
0: Edmonton? You going McDavid? I think there's only one pick to make. Like if you want to win a hockey pool, you got to pick McDavid. Yeah. Well, you're a Leaf fan. It doesn't matter if you're a Leaf fan, man. You got you're winning. This is gambling now. Right? This is about the pocketbook. <laughs> right? I want to
1: win. Yeah. It doesn't even matter like I said in the intro. The Oilers could go in the first round and McDavid still might have more points than like, you know, Everyone aside from maybe the top five.
0: Well, if, if, if the Oilers go two rounds, McDavid's going to be the scoring leader at the end of the playoffs.
1: So who do you, who do you like at number two? Is that where you kind of go Toronto or like, what is your strategy for hockey pools? I've been, you know, even as a hockey columnist and a guy who watches a lot of hockey, I got to admit, I am awful at this kind of thing.
0: Well, same with me. One of the problems is no matter what happens when you're gambling or you're betting, if you bet on the Leafs, you're going to lose. If you bet against the Leafs, you're going to lose. No matter what you do with them, they're going to lose. So just leave it alone and maybe you'll win. And maybe the Leafs will win.
1: Yeah, maybe. So so I'm in one with a bunch of buddies and I, I know their strategy. Like I've got one friend who, if he thinks it's going to be the Bruins this year, he's just going to load up and it's going to be nothing but Boston players. And if it's... uh. I, I like that strategy, that whole, let's throw all your eggs in one basket. But I'm looking at, it, and even last year, like number two in scoring was Leon Dreisaitl. And that's a team that didn't get past the conference final. <laughs> so the know. Edmonton Oilers had the number one and number two scorers in the playoffs. And they weren't even in the final two.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. And as good as, good as McKinnon was, and as good as even Kadri was, they weren't going to touch them that's the oil that's oiler hockey right even if they get knocked out they're losing five four yeah or six three
1: you might not be bad or it might not be a bad decision picking either like if you don't get mcdavid you go to dry settle if you don't get dry settle do you pick hyman do you pick evander kane do you get ryan nugent hopkins like there's a lot of guys on that team that are just going to put goads and goads a point it's up this year and It it seems like a safe pick because for the life of me, I can't, like, I can't decide if it's going to be the Rangers coming out of the East. If it's, this is the year where the Leafs come out of the East. Is it Boston? How do you bet against Tampa since they've been to the final three straight years in the West? It's, uh, it just seems like a safer pick that it's going to be probably Colorado, Vegas, or Edmonton in the final uh, two spots on the, on the West side and that just seems like a safer pick. So, yeah, McDavid all the way. I, I I think I might just load up on Oilers this year.
0: Well, here's the problem though. What about their goaltending? It is horrendous. Well, goaltending doesn't matter in pools, does it? Well,
1: depends on which one it, you're Well, at.
0: it does if your team's going to be knocked out in the first round.
1: Yeah. I still think you don't have to be when you've got McDavid putting that many points up and you've got Drysdale there too. It just seems like You don't need goaltending.
0: Well, like I said, only if you want to make it out of the first round. But, I mean, he could score three points a game. Is 21 points enough if it goes seven? Like Jack Campbell, seven games in a row let in four goals or more.
1: Yeah. How many of those games did the the
0: Oilers win? They probably won five of them. But still.
1: (laughs) 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 No, it's going to be an interesting one this year. I... It... Like I'm looking at the stats, and I was gonna talk about this off the start, but it's insane how like I think we're gonna be looking at this this era of hockey in the same way that tennis fans looked upon that era where you've got Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, Andy Murray. It's very similar in the NHL where you've got such a collection of stars, and it's not even that they're the same age. Like you still have the stars of yesteryear and Crosby and Ovechkin top 20 players, top 10 players in a lot of people's minds. And you've got this next generation in McDavid and Matthews who, you know, at the end of the day, might even put up better numbers than Crosby Ovechkin. It, the speed is unreal. I'm looking at how many top hundred scores there could be this year. And we're talking about
0: maybe a dozen. Oh, it's crazy. Like, look at the one thing I talked to you about, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yeah. What about him? 97 points.
1: Yeah, the, the so-called first overall bust, right?
0: 97 points, the first overall bust. Now, if he gets to 100, which it seems like he will. It seems when like, yeah. When was the last time a team had three players over 100 points? Do you know? Three players over 100 points. Oh, who is it? It's the 95-96 Penguins. Right, right, right. Okay, Lem- now who are the three players? Okay. Do you know? So is obvious. Obvious. Jager's obvious.
1: Now, the third guy, Ron Francis. Ronnie Francis.
0: Ronnie Franchise.
1: Now, they I fin- forget that he was a uh, part of that collection.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. And here's the thing. So, Lemieux had 161 points, which is insane. He probably only played 50 games because of that back. Jagger had 149, and Ronnie Franchise had 119. Now, here's the thing they finished one first, second, and fourth that year. So they were pretty close to finishing one, two, three, which is hard in the NHL. Uh-huh. Now get this. Joe Sakik finished third ahead of Ronnie Francis by one point. Hmm. One point away from finishing
1: one, two, three. Uh, and, and that's a silly year of points. Like that's why when I look at what McDavid's got now. So as we're recording this, 60 goals, 143 points in 75 games. It's insane. It, it really is insane. Like which- I I don't, I don't think that we really appreciate just how crazy the numbers he's putting up because goaltending has never been better. You could argue that coaching systems have never been better Um, in terms of the fitness level. Like, I don't know, you go back and watch like some old games sometimes, like they're showing games from the eighties and you kind of remember that they were amazing games back in the day. Then you watch them now and you're like, Oh, oh yeah. geez, all, all the goals are being scored. I'm like, that wouldn't be a goal today.
0: Well, you remember that uh, Remember that period of time when every player was riding the bike in their post-game interview?
1: Right, right, right. <laughs> so it, it really is insane. And just how many points he's putting up. But yeah, th- this is going to be a fun uh, hockey pool because our hockey pool season, really, because the East is just so wide open right now. Mm hmm like Carolina still leading the Metro and I, I, I know the Rangers are third in there. Like someone was asking me, who do I think is going to be prime for um, a, a dark horse team this year? And I'm like dark horse team. And they're like, every team's good.
0: Yeah. It's pretty. Uh, everybody's pretty even like Florida might sneak in
1: as the wildcard team. Can you imagine playing Florida if they get really hot at the end?
0: But they have to do they have to they have to take out Pittsburgh if they're going to make it right.
1: Yeah. The team I'm really worried about is the Islanders in in the sense that I could see them boring their way into the Stanley Mm. Cup final.
0: Well, I've said it before. I think if Pittsburgh gets in, you got to watch Pittsburgh as the if you're going to go for a dark horse, meaning. I mean, all the teams are talented as each other, but if you're going to go dark horse, it would have to be the team that was the lowest in the standings, which kind of would be Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's who I think I would watch as the dark horse to make it the farthest from the lowest seed.
1: So how's it going these days, Johnny? Nice weather we're getting, eh?
0: Oh, dude, one day it's 10 degrees, the next day it's -15. It welcome to Canadian spring.
1: It feels like baseball season. Obviously the Jays just started up with their uh season opener and all of MLB and uh I, I can't wait to go cuz my son plays baseball and... All winter we've been practicing indoors. So we would mm. go into like batting cage centers. We go to schools. We go to this guy's uh basically it's like a converted barn mm-hmm. um that he's turned into like a baseball facility, which is just amazing, but not the same as being outside.
0: No, no, you gotta play baseball outside. That's well, unless you're in a dome. Yeah. Where the roof opens. And and the thing that's getting me now, so I'm
1: I'm an assistant coach this year and I don't know how it works in hockey. I've, I've heard from other parents that, you know, if you're coaching baseball, hockey, any sort of competitive sport, you need to get certified. But man, oh man, they do not make these certification <laughs> programs easy for you. You know where I'm driving tomorrow? Where are you going? I'm going to Thorold. Okay. Thorold. I'm driving about an hour and a half for a four hour certification process. And this is one of five. So, by the end of it, I'm going to be 20 hours deep to get certified as an assistant coach, probably one year of baseball.
0: Yeah. When I got, uh, so I started coaching baseball in 2002, long before I had any kids, just because I wanted to teach kids baseball. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing. The coaching certification was two full weekends. It's brutal. Yeah. Now I
1: get it. They don't want just any rando off the street, but I'm not a head coach. I'm the guy who throws like BP and, so. Uh, I, essentially i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna be the first base coach who you know hey coach here's my batting gloves here's my elbow guard yeah <laughs> <laughs> hold this for me and i'll yeah. be back for it later but in hockey it's and we're gonna get some hockey coaches to talk about this because obviously hockey costs are astronomical and it, it, it's insane for the hockey parent but it really is tough for the hockey coach too. And if you're trying to make a living as a a skills coach or hockey coach, or, you know, you just want to give back to the community. I'd love to hear from you guys and just some of the, the the positives and the negatives and things that we can kind of improve with this, because this is uh, the hockey burst. We're trying to be a nice hockey community for everyone who's involved in the game from, you know, the player to the parent, to the fan, obviously. And, uh, not the, not that we want to get down on uh, all the problems, but hopefully we can be kind of a, that, that resource. And um, yeah, just, uh, it really kind of brought to my attention, this whole baseball certification thing. And um, I remember talking, like I said to another parent in hockey and they said, you think that's bad? And like, <laughs> try, try doing it for hockey.
0: I got uh, well, a guy that we play baseball with, he coaches his daughter's hockey in Newmarket, Right. And he's always, he's all over the place. Yeah. Everywhere. He's always got something to do. And I've never actually talked to him about what did it take to, you know what I mean? Even get to that part, right? Like you can't just walk in and be a hockey coach. No.
1: And, and, and like I said, you, you don't want that scenario too because people are paying a lot of money and they're paying it expecting you to be at a certain level. And especially when you're coaching at a rep level and whether it's single A, double A, triple A or uh select or AE, Um, you want to know that your kid is getting the proper instruction to take you to the next level. That being said, there's got to be a compromise because the price is being paid right now. It really is deterring a lot of people from the sport.
0: Yeah. Well, we also don't want to deter people from volunteering to be a coach. Exactly. Right. By telling them how hard it is. But I mean... It, the parents, if the parents understand how hard it is and what the coach goes through, maybe they'll have a little more compassion when they're mad at the coach because the kid's not playing that much. It's probably nothing personal. It's probably just a guy that's a, a real estate agent and he's got his own kids and he's got his own stuff and he just missed it. Right. Like maybe we can bring a little compassion, a little, a little, uh, a little relief to those coaches when exactly. they understand what's going on. We just want compassion here. Compassion. I'm all about compassion. So
1: the the NCAA March Madness basketball tournament just wrapped up, and you know, I, I think a lot of people probably don't pay as much attention to um, hockey's Frozen Four, which is uh, the NCAA uh, tournament involving. Uh, uh, hockey schools and the D1 hockey schools, but th- this year you're probably going to want to pay a little bit more attention, especially if you're a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, and that is because Matthew Nye's uh, for the University of Minnesota um, is going to be starting his Frozen Four journey, and depending on how long it goes, uh, will really depend will really set the timeline on when he can join the Leafs. And uh, as a fan, Johnny, are, are you excited about? The potential of what a Matthew Nyes might bring—are you, are you, um, you kind of holding out hope that this guy could be a, a top six, top nine winger in the playoffs, or is, is that maybe a little too much too soon?
0: Well, you got to be excited. Like normally, you wouldn't be excited about one guy, right? Especially at this point in the season. But when the team is so close to being exactly what they need to be, one guy could be the difference between what every Leaf fan wants. And that's at least making it to the second round.
1: Yeah. I, I would say it's not like previous years where, you know, sometimes a team doesn't go all well out at the trade deadline and you're kind of going, well, geez, that college kid better come up. But you know, the Leafs did get achari. They did get Ryan O'Reilly who uh, is going to be healthy for the playoffs. They, they got a lot of additions and they still got Nick Robertson, um, but geez, when you can, like, let's remind people, Matthew Nyes, 20 years old, six foot three, 210 pounds this year in the big 10 for you of Minnesota, 21 goals, 41 points in 38 games. Second round pick of the Leafs. And we were talking about how brutal Toronto's drafting has been aside from first rounders. This guy looks like a stud. And I know it's a lot to ask of a college guy to who's never played in pro hockey. Never mind the NHL. He's never played in the AHL, but a Kale McCarr, man. Yeah. I'm not saying this guy's Kale McCarr, but it's not that big of a jump sometimes when you go from playing a full se- full season in in college where you have been a stud and you're full of all that adrenaline and confidence to jump in. And I think the Leafs are in a perfect scenario, perfect spot for nice to come right in. And, you know, there's no expectation. If he doesn't work out, they have so many pieces up front, but what a dimension this guy could bring. Like I said before, he looks like he's, I've compared him to like an Alex Tuck meets a Zach Hyman, but with better hands. I like it. Is that too much? I don't know. Can I throw a sprinkle of like a (laughs) Tom Wilson or something?
0: There you go. That Now you got my attention. Now you
1: got a lot of people. Maybe, maybe it's just Toronto. that doesn't have a whole lot of guys coming up. Like who, who's the other guy that leaf fan should be really looking out for.
0: We don't have, we don't really have any, <laughs> there is no guy. And when it,
1: <laughs> maybe Joseph wall and you know but what? If Joseph Wall's playing. I'm scared.
0: Yeah. I've been, uh, whenever we talk about the Leafs, horrible draft picks, I've been saving this one. Drake Barahowski.
1: Drake. Love the Drake. <laughs> What are you saving? Are you no, it's just just, just, just saving the is.
0: name for horrible draft picks. Oh. I think that's where it all started. What was that 1990?
1: I'm typing him up right now. Drake Barahowski he was drafted in 90 10th overall. Yeah. Do we have to say who was drafted one spot after
0: we can tell all the guys that are drafted after him.
1: So Drake Barahowski went 10th. Well, right after Trevor kid, the goalie and Turner Stevenson, Michael Stewart, Brad May, just not a whole lot of guys. Heath Kachuk goes that year, 19th overall. Marty Broder, have you heard of him?
0: Never heard of him. Is he any good? He only scored two goals. Oh, only two goals? Yeah. <laughs> more- <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, He scored more goals than Trevor Kidd. Okay.
0: How many goals did Drake Barahowski score in the NHL? 37. Not so bad. So
1: yeah, I, I get, I get where you're coming from. But man, how about the team that yeah picked, how about picking Trevor Kidd ahead of Marty Brodeur? At least that's the same
0: position. <laughs> that's horrible.
1: <laughs> the Leafs, for their credit, were going for a defenseman, okay? <laughs> At the time, <laughs> Perihouski was better than uh, a couple of the other guys that went after him. So you can't fault them, but geez, can you imagine? imagine in Calgary and you picked Trevor Kidd and you could have had Marty Brodeur. It's not just the Leafs that make mistakes. How would you like to be an Arizona Coyotes fan and to have picked Dylan Strom ahead of Mitch Marner? Okay. I do. You, <laughs> how do you tell that to your fans?
0: Well, it did not did Dylan Strome, didn't he lead the league in scoring? Yeah. yeah, the OHL.
1: That year. Led the league in scoring. Connor McDavid was his teammate that yeah. year. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of the easy. same line, but power play they for play sure. together and I'm sure if you're a opposing team, you might have been game planning for number 97 over Dylan Strome. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's interesting. I remember I was writing a story. Well, I've written so many stories on <laughs> McDavid, including uh, a book called "The Next Ones," where he traced his journey from you know a young phenom to the NHL and available everywhere books are sold. Yeah, exactly. So Connor McDavid. The the funny thing about him is not that not that he put up a lot of points in junior. Obviously, he's going to put a lot of points in. But you look at the guys he's played with and <laughs> his junior line mates. Like they're a who's who of nobodies that put up amazing seasons yeah. while they're with McDavid, <laughs> and then now are like, um, you know, just average guys now. Yeah, that didn't never mind, never made it to the the NHL. Like it was junior and bust for them, basically.
0: Hey, there's a lot of guys that I've played hockey with that the highest they made it was juniors, and goddamn, are they pretty good?
1: You ever play on a beer league team where? and this is beer league but there's obviously a guy in your team that is just so far and above everyone else but he doesn't want to play like division B or division A and you know as luck would have him he decided to play for like the Frozen Mung of the ASHL and it is such a difference between his level and everyone else's level and he can just do anything now imagine that at the NHL level
0: well i played with a guy in a beer league Kerry Goulet. I know Kerry Goulet. You know Goulet. Kerry Goulet? I played
1: with Kerry Goulet. Carrie well. Goulet yeah, yeah.
0: is probably the best player that I've ever played with. Didn't he play in Germany? Yeah, he played. I think he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. For European hockey. They called him Mr. Eisenhockey.
1: Mr. Eisenhockey. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Eisenhockey. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Here he
0: I he, like we'd play and he wouldn't shoot on net. And we'd be up 5 1. Then he'd go score four goals, tie the game. Then he wouldn't shoot on net again. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. He had me convinced because I really didn't know him at the beginning that he couldn't skate backwards. (laughs) So, (laughs) so then he went and he played a whole period only skating backwards.
1: Whenever, when I was covering the Leafs, um, this was back in like, I guess the JFJ years might've been the last time they did it, or maybe the knownest years they used to have every year, they'd invite all the media for a media versus management game. And Dave Poulin was playing D at the time. And every time I had the puck, he made sure that it was kind of like a mono-a-mono. A mano, I'd have to try to get by him. He's he's not a defenseman, okay? <laughs> he's He was a forward. Granted, he won the Selkie in the NHL. I, I couldn't do anything on him. And I'm not saying like, oh, wow, that's that's shocking. I couldn't get by an NHL. Dave Poulin's old, okay? <laughs> mm, yeah, he couldn't get by an old guy. The skill level <laughs> that these guys have is just unreal. But... Yeah. The, even Bob McGill, I remember just taking a pass from him and he's just like D to D pass. And the, it was almost like him taking a slap shot and me trying to corral the puck.
0: Yeah. I'd, same thing. When uh, was the 2005 lockout in our little team beer league, Wade Belak played with us. Right. Right. And like you'd say, maybe at the time he was one of the worst you'd call him NHL players. Mm-hmm. I never seen anything like it in my life. He take four strides and he's down the ice. Dude. This snapshot from the blue line top corner, like it's insane. Uh, watching Colton or on a
1: day to day basis at practice, yeah, I tell people they'd be like, "Who are you most impressed with watching Leafs?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, Sundine, obviously. You know Kyle Wellwood. You should see the kind of things you can do stick handling. This is like back in the day." And then I'd say, "You know what, Colton or I'm impressed with because the guy's." big as hell. And he goes roof down every time he gets a shot and they are like, wow, is he that good of a player? I'm like, no, you just don't understand. Like to be in the NHL, to be a quote unquote goon who plays like three minutes a night, you're still ridiculous because you're practicing with these guys every day. And I'm sorry, you, you could fight all you want, but if you can't even skate and keep up and deliver a hit and be able to finish the odd time that you do get the puck, you ain't making it, man. Like John Scott was the perfect example. I don't know if you remember that campaign. Oh, 100%. Get John Scott and the NHL All-Star game. So John Scott as a joke. It was like Greg Washinsky and Jeff Merrick kind of started this fun campaign. Hey, wouldn't it be fun to get John Scott the enforcer if he can get him in as a write-in ballot? Well, it worked. Embarrassed the league.
0: Oh, well, it was hilarious. And they even tried trading him far away so and they tr- ruining his family. So they trade him, send him down to the minors
1: my assignment. Hey, track down John Scott and the miners. So I drive to New York to meet up with him. What a journey. This is the first time I'm using waves, Johnny. Okay. I'm just like, ways. How do I get to, I think it was like Albany or whatever, or maybe it was Utica. He was playing in uh way game. They sent me on a ferry where I had to like park my <laughs> <your> car <laughs> on a barge. <laughs> I'm just going down this road. I'm like, I see water. I'm like, I don't see a bridge all of a sudden there's like ways It's like turn left, turn right. I'm like, okay, I'm on a dock. (laughs) So I take a barge over across the the border, meet up with John Scott. He doesn't know I'm coming. He gave me the best interview because he was like, listen, I know this is supposed to be a joke. I know people think that I'm a bit of a joke as a player, but you know what? He goes, I'm going to shed a light on just how skilled Everyone is in the NHL and it doesn't matter if you're a top line guy or fourth line guy. He goes, I bet you I go between my legs and score a goal. Hey, I bet you I get a hat trick. And he's telling me all this. I'm just laughing like, okay, buddy, what happens? You you saw the all-star game. That That was the only year everyone watched the all-star game. MVP. MVP. I don't know if he went between the legs, but I think he got a hat trick. He was just, he put on a show. And that's when they changed the format. They changed the format. And it might've been the last all-star game that was actually memorable that people actually watched that was entertaining.
0: The skills competition has become, but what are you going to do? Uh, I, I know, but go back to the old, I don't need a guy in a Cape. I just, I don't want, need Mitch you Warner know dressed say? up. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want <laughs>
1: NHLers to be hockey players and I want comedians to be comedians.
0: Yeah.
1: Is that too much to ask?
0: Or comedians to be on a hockey podcast.
1: There you go. There we go. Just shoot the puck, skate fast and deek through some pylons.
0: And I love, I love listening to these guys that are really good at hockey. And they're like, man, if I was two inches taller, if I was 40 pounds, I would have made it. Like, really? You have no idea the drop off between somebody in the NHL. Yeah. That's the worst player in the NHL and the best player, not in the NHL.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, I've covered a lot of guys who a lot of times you're scratching your head. Why isn't this guy in the NHL? He's like the best guy far and away on his AHL team. And like, I'm trying to think, like, Johnny Pohl was an example of that. Corey Locke was an example of that. There, there's countless guys who you're like, they're, they're tweeners almost. They're too good for the AHL, not quite good enough for the NHL. And, but there's that, it's that gap. It's like the 1% of 1%, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And it's not, I mean, it's every sport and there's a guy, have you ever heard of Brian Scalabrine? No. The white Mamba? The white Mamba. The white Mamba. So he's a basketball player. Okay. Okay. And he was statistically for 11 years, like the worst NBA player played for 11 years, scored 1500 points in 11 years in the NBA. 1,500 points in 11 years. So he started, um, going around the country and all the guys that say, Hey man, I played D one basketball. If I got my shot, I would have made it. He's like, okay, let's go one-on-one. Yeah. So he goes one-on-one. He goes around the country. They film it. You can probably, I think there's a, there's a documentary about him on YouTube. So he goes around and he just plays guys. (laughs) They send in their tape about how good they are and why they're so good. And he's like, okay, we'll go play one-on-one. I don't think anybody's ever scored a point on him. He wins every game 11-0. He'll even play three guys, and he'll beat them 11-0. There is a huge drop-off between somebody that made a pro and the guys that never made it. You didn't make it for a reason, pal.
1: Yeah. You know, the most skilled guy I ever saw play, and I don't know if it's going to surprise you or not, but Alex Kovalev. Yeah? Yeah. Just... And he's got this YouTube video where you can see him. He's kind of like just floating pucks wherever he wants. Either it's on top of the net. He puts it in these little weird, he's got these like targets on his net, like almost like right in the corner of the corner. It's basically the size of a hockey puck. And he's just floating it backhand, backhand, backhand. Okay, now I'm going to do forehand, forehand, forehand. And it, you even watched him. And he had like that Nealander kind of stride, where he's just always on his edges. Well, Kovalev was a pretty good player. Pretty good. He's a
0: pretty good player. A really good player. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: I kind of got a a knock on him for being lazy or non-committal at times, but for for my money, like he was like the Patrick Kane or, like I said, like the William Nealander of that time. And that that's the thing. Like when you see the skill up front, and you. And that's why it kind of kills me. It's like you look at the Leafs and from a purely skill basis, I don't think there's a better team. And, and I'll, I'll throw Edmonton in this. Edmonton's got McDavid. They got Drysidal, but Toronto's got Matthews. They've got Marner. They've got Hyman. Or sorry, why'd I say Hyman? They've got Nylander. They've got Tavares. Like that's just, a, it's a, a crazy amount of skill. That's why on paper, when you're looking at this team, and I know we keep going around and around. We keep talking about it's the center yeah, of the hockey verse. No, but if they don't make, if they don't make uh to the first round, does this guy get fired? What, what is the, the cutoff this year? Where, where are we putting the barometer? Is it get past the first round and everyone can kind of just like breathe? Is it do they have to win two rounds. Do they got to slay Tampa and Boston win two rounds and everyone's going to be cool is it, is it literally cup or bust this year? Like how, how are you feeling about this? Like, cause there's going to be, it feels like there's just going to be disappointment if this team doesn't win the entire Stanley cup. And it's almost like, is that too unrealistic right now?
0: Well, you want them to win the Stanley cup every year, but then reality, then reality sets in. Like now, if you look at the team, what could they possibly add that they don't have?
1: Goalie is the only It's thing.
0: the only thing that is questionable, which hasn't been that bad this year. No. And people
1: like I heard it on other, you know, podcasts and radio shows. There's a lot of people who think that if the Leafs go all the way, that there's going to be a scenario where Joseph Wall is in net for more than one game. You think so? On a positive basis. Hmm. And that scares me, man. Yeah. If, if you're saying the Leafs are going to go deep and included in that thought is that they're going to rely on a third string goaltender who's got like zero experience at, at the highest level now. Is that an indication of how like how low... Fans are on this team's goaltending,
0: and I also see a scenario where every excuse in the book is going to come out, no matter what. Sampsonoff didn't have enough experience. Well, Murray's got a bunch of experience. Murray's past his prime. Sam, like, what do you? Where do you win? Yeah, right. Is Murray helping Sampsonoff? I would assume he would be. I think that was the whole point. Is you didn't know
1: health wise if Murray was going to stand up, but I think you also wanted a little bit of this guy's pushing that guy and well, the other guy's pushing that guy and you got healthy competition. And uh, like I said, if you, if you got Joseph wall also there, you've got three guys that the coach can decide upon, but would you rather have that scenario or be the New York Rangers where you're going just or the Tampa Bay, the lightning where you're just going. Yeah. Vasilevsky. You're not like, you don't have to think about it.
0: No, but that's that. Yeah. The Leafs haven't been there for a long time.
1: Cause game one, it's Samson off, right? I think so. He loses game one. Is it Samson off game two? Like, how, how,
0: how short is that leash are we talking about? I think it's pretty short because You're down I to think nothing. You got to go Murray. I think, I, I think they know the pressure, the pressure getting out of the first round, right?
1: Uh, like Pittsburgh did it, obviously. They had, had Flurry and Murray, and it was Flurry basically all year until Murray took the net from him. And both years that happened.
0: We'll put it this way. No matter what happens, the only way that the Leafs aren't going to get crapped on after the game, after the first game is they got to win it. Yeah. So they got to win the first game. Otherwise it's going to be, if they lose the first game, it's going to be like, can Samson off do it? Should Murray go in? Right. They got to win the first game and just get rid of those questions.
1: It's weird. Cause I'm, I'm thinking back to last year's playoffs. And I think a lot of people now in hindsight were like, Oh, Jack Campbell wasn't the guy. He was pretty good for them last year. Yeah, he was pretty good. He was pretty good for them in the playoffs. Like He wasn't the reason. Like, Fine, Vasilevsky outplayed him in game seven Mm -hmm. and probably game six, but going into the first five games, I would argue that Campbell was the better goalie. So if that's the case again, then you're going, okay, so it wasn't the goaltending. We have enough depth. We have this, we have that. I don't know. It sounds bad, but then, you know, just like, you know, just tipping the the old hockey stick to the opponent.
0: But is that the difference? Is that the difference? Can goalies be with everything else being equal that game seven little extra notch that they have that Vasilevsky has and, and Marty Broder had, we think we talked about him scored a couple goals in the NHL.
1: I think that's why you're paying a goalie, whatever you're paying them. Like Carey Price is Carey Price because you know he wasn't good in the regular season, and Jonathan Quick put him in that boat as well. Not a great regular season goalie, but when the playoffs came around and you had to win a game, especially Game Seven, I think that's when goalies make their money. And if if it's an international competition, that's when goalies that that's when you want your Carey Price in that. That's why that's where you want your Jonathan Quick if you're the Americans at the time. And yeah, you know, we we talked about it before. We who's Canada's goalie at, at the next world cup or whatever. And it's, it's not Carey price anymore. And it's funny, you know, it's like, th- there isn't that next generation where you're going, yeah, well, okay. Maybe it's Care- Maybe it's Carter Hart. Maybe it's Mackenzie Blackwood. Maybe it's uh, maybe a Jordan Bennington. None of these guys are, top echelon goalies at this moment.
0: Well, here's another question. Why aren't good goalies coming out of Canada anymore? Like we used to have, it used to be French Canadian goalies rule, ruled ruled the NHL.
1: Now it's all Russians.
0: It's all Russians. I think
1: I know in Americans, American program, it's like, uh, they they invested a, a ton of stuff in their goaltending and, uh, you're, you're seeing it now. Like you got Jeremy Swayman. Uh, you got, uh, Jake Ottinger and, uh, Dallas. There's a lot of good American goalies coming up in Canada. You're right. Um, he used to be the French Canadian goalies and it was like the league was flooded with them in a good way. And now I don't even know who the, the top French Canadian goalie is. Well,
0: the the French Canadian goalies were so good. Remember they even had a female. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) All right, Mikey, what do you think? uh, What do you say we get into some questions? Let's do it, Johnny. Do we have any, uh, we haven't had for a couple episodes any hate. Do we have any hate? No, 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 no. Just just a lot of love from our listeners right now, hopefully. Okay. So then uh, let's get into some questions. We want to hear from you. What sets the hockey verse apart from the other hockey podcasts is our commitment to answering listener questions on the topics that matter the most. You can be on a future episode of the hockey verse by emailing. Hey, hockey verse, or by leaving us a message in the show notes. If we like your questions, we, along with our panel of experts will answer it on the podcast and you will be entered into a monthly draw for one of our many amazing prizes. What are you waiting for? Ask away. Here we go. How about uh, Matthew Hunter from Brampton? He asks, who wins a championship first, the Leafs or the Jays? Ooh, so the Jays are just starting out. You
1: know what? That's a good question. That is a good question.
0: Because they're both like skill level. I I hear a lot of
1: people picking the Leafs. I'm sorry, the Jays
0: this year. Oh yeah, the Jays. The Jays look phenomenal.
1: And, and very similar in the sense that, like, you're right. Yeah. The skill levels there. And, like, it still seems like a young team, even though they're not young anymore. No. Like, Vladdy's been in the league now. I don't know if it has it been the same number of years as like a Matthews or about the, yeah, same, like, the I, same. Vladdy came
0: in 2019, I think, when he started. So they're
1: not that far off. No, I
0: think Vladdy's 24, might be 25.
1: I, I want to say the Leafs have an easier time. And then, like an easier path to the final just because you don't have to face like in baseball. It's all come, it all comes down to payroll. It seems like Mm. when that seems like it does. Well, not just that baseball is a little more individual, right? And the Yankees are just, they're scary with how much money they can throw at people. I, I, I kind of feel like I'm going to say the Jays.
0: Yeah. I think the Jays too, just the, the way they got serious this year. Yeah. Like they got super serious. They got their outfield is off the charts.
1: Good. So know what I liked about the Jays is they got rid of that home run jacket and they got rid of a couple guys that it came out afterwards. Hey, these were the guys that weren't as serious as you like. Yeah. They were having too much fun. Way too much fun.
0: And, and fun is good, but you can have fun when it's time to win, win, man. Like when you're losing, you shouldn't be dancing around in the end of the dugout
1: who are the fun boys that are coming out of the Leafs lineup if they don't win this year? Who, who, uh, who are there like Teoscar Hernandez? And uh, who was the other guy? Lourdes uh, Gurriel Jr. Gariel, yeah.
0: El Pena. Yeah. I guess Mitch Marner seems like he has the most fun. What? Doesn't he?
1: <laughs> That's all. How about Michael Bunting? <laughs> John, I put in there?
0: John Tavares doesn't look like he's had a day of fun in his no. life. Tavares. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you think like maybe a knee lander would, would be kind of cast in that kind of thing. Like, Hey, this guy's not committed to winning. Um, yeah. I, I, can you imagine the Leafs saying goodbye to Mitch? You smile too much. You, you're laughing a little too much. And I think
0: one of the reasons is like, um, it was a lot of, uh, like Dominican, Caribbean all down there where they're, they're dancing. They have, that's, that's their, that's the way they are. That's just their nature. And uh, the Canadian, like you take hockey serious pretty much from when you're first start playing until you make it and retire from the NHL. It's serious.
1: Yeah. It's different though. And in baseball, you can't be like just wired, like I'm going to kill the guy on the shift and I'm going to go all out. It's there is kind of a, a calmness and just, okay, be loose. Yeah, focused and loose
0: 100 percent. like baseball you can have a little more fun in mm-hmm. hockey if you let your guard down too much you're going to the hospital
1: that being said if, if you see some leafs smiling and they're losing in game seven in the in the, the playoffs are over and they're just kind of having a good old time oh boy oh you never hear that be, people you will be just calling, make a list of guys who are going to be gone people will be calling to cut everybody and fire everybody yeah. And you're saying, like, what is the missing ingredient? And we're going on paper. We said you got the core four. You can now you got Ryan O'Reilly. You got Morgan Riley back healthy. Your defense is set. Your offense is set. You might be adding Matthew Nye's. And you're going, oh, what is, what is this team missing? Well, the goaltending, you know, we can quibble all we want. It's, it's gotten the job done this year. Is the mindset the missing ingredient? Maybe is the lack of maybe an identity, the missing ingredient. We talk about Boston. You go to the Bruins. You know what's up. You know how you're supposed to play. You know that the standard has been set. You go to the Islanders. You ain't going to the Islanders and expecting to be like some high flying scorer who's not going to back check. No, no, not with Lou Lamorell up there. Not with the style of hockey they play. What is Toronto's identity? I get it. They're an offensive team. They're skilled. They're whatever. But in a playoff series, you need to bring some grit. You need to bring some jam. And they brought some guys who can play that way. But is it is it enough to bring guys who are kind of secondary pieces and do that? And 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 I guess we'll we'll find out in the playoffs, like if Ryan O'Reilly can change and Luke Shen can really change the outlook of this team in the playoffs. But I, I think the mindset is the really that big question mark now is. Um, is this team mentally sound to get past the first round and to go on a long run because, you know, regular season hockey and playoff hockey, they might as well be two different sports.
0: Yeah. I think you're going to know as soon as you see that first game in the first round, if Luke Shen puts somebody through the glass or, or Jake McKay, just buries somebody into the end boards, then you're going to know that they came to, they came to, to fight because I think violence is what they've been missing and not violence in the terms of fighting, but even violence go to the net hard. Remember yeah. going to the net hard? Where'd that go?
1: Yeah. No, not right? violence in the Nazim Kadri getting suspended, but just, no, a, just, just make it difficult.
0: Just hazard. Yeah. Just, All it's right. gotta be hazardous. That's what I think. That's what's been missing. You want to go to another one? Um, Let's go to another one. All right. This is from Dave Amerinek in Scarborough. What team is primed for a first round upset? Please tell me it's going to be Boston.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let me guess what team uh, Dave there cheers for. I'm not a Bruins fan. I don't think it's going to be Boston. I know we're talking about, hey, it could be Boston, Pittsburgh in the first round. I still don't think that's going to be an upset uh I, I'm gonna say whoever Carolina plays, and right now it's looking like the Hurricanes might be getting the Islanders in the first round. Ooh. I like that. I like that. I would not wanna be the Hurricanes playing the Islanders, not with Ilya Sorokin as their goalie and such a oh such a painful team
0: to watch in the playoffs. Mm. Like so boring. Is it gonna be the old school devils? It's gonna be like that. A hundred percent. It's gonna two be two like one, that. one nothing. Yeah. 11 shots on
1: net. Oh, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be like unwatchable. It, it almost like, Hey, tell me who won that series after it happened.
0: Well, yeah. it's a good thing. It's going to be a first round series anyway.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to think of another, like Colorado right now is the third seed. I, if they win, that's not an upset. However, we could get a Seattle, Minnesota or a Seattle Vegas.
0: I think Seattle winning would be the upset. Yeah. If Seattle wins the first round, that's the upset of the, that's the upset. Whoever they play. Yeah. So it's going to be, is going to not be hearing kind words from the fans. Yeah. You know what? The wild card in the West, both of them, because right
1: now it's Seattle with a three point lead over Winnipeg. Who's got a two point lead over Calgary as we're recording this. It, It might change in a day. Either one of those three teams could knock off Vegas or Minnesota or LA depending on who wins the Pacific. So yeah, the the wild card in the West, totally up for grabs. I, 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 I don't even want to say who I think is going to win and yeah, Carolina just after losing Svechnikov, I know they're, they're deep team, but that is a big, big loss. And that's big. Yeah. And the Islanders, they just seem like they're, they, they found their sort of identity whenever we're talking about the lack of identity with the Leafs. Well, the, the Islanders know who they are and how they win.
0: Just for, uh, just for context, if it was the Leafs, since we're the Leafs fans, losing Svechnikov would be like losing who? The Leafs? Yeah.
1: It'd be like losing Marner. Yeah. And that hurts. He's a second overall pick. He, he's a horse too. Svechnikov is the closest thing to Marion Hossa in Mm. in the terms of style, like a winger who should be up for like selkie consideration, and drop the gloves, even though he probably shouldn't after fighting Ovechkin that time and getting
0: dude, that was one of the most horrific knockouts. (laughs) But
1: he's a he's an explosive player, and if he was playing for a Canadian market, we'd be talking about Svechnikov a lot. Mm. The fact that he's in Carolina, I don't want to say he's like losing. Um, Matthews because they still have Aho there. Um, that they have got such a great defense, and the way they play, uh, for Rod Brindamore it's like you don't need. I'm gonna say like you don't need a Svechnikov. Like losing him is not as big of a deal because that that it really is a team. So that being said, it, it's gonna be a tough out playing uh, the Islanders.
0: Mm. I agree. Okay. So here's one that's right up your alley and it comes from Karen T in Aurelia. This would be our first female question since we started doing this podcast. Nice. Is Matthew Nyes going to play in the playoffs and what role do you see him playing? Yeah.
1: So I've been, I've been thinking about the Matthew Nyes situation and I keep saying like, yeah, I can't see him not being used, but let me ask you, John. Who, who are you taking out of the roster for Matthew Nyes? And
0: I was actually going to ask you that question. Like, is it? What yeah. line are you going to put him on? Are you going to put him on the fourth line?
1: Like, I know a lot of people don't like Alex Kerfoot. Alex Kerfoot's versatile, mm-hmm. and that's why the coaching staff likes him. You're not going to replace. So Matthew Nyes is a left shot. So he repla- he probably is not going to replace Yarn Crook. I don't know. It. I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion that he just joins this team and is off to the races, unless there's an injury or one of the lines isn't cooking. Hmm. Well,
0: he's not taking out a chari. Eh?
1: Like I've heard someone say, like I would replace Bunting with them, and I'm like, mm. Bunting scored 21 goals this year. Didn't
0: Bunting almost win Rookie of the Year last year?
1: Yeah, people turn on. <laughs> so yeah, Kerfoot would be like you go on Twitter and you, you type in Alex Kerfoot's name and it's like, it's the second coming of Larry Murphy. Like they just, the uh, Leaf fans cannot stand this guy and I uh, keep hearing, Oh man, imagine if the Leafs had Braden. Uh, oh, what is his name? Is it McNabb?
0: I think um, a lot of the problem that people have with Kerfoot might be because of who he was traded for.
1: Now, who is that? <laughs> Nazim Kadri? Yeah. They, people <laughs> but they also got Tyson Berry at the time.
0: People love Nazem Kadri when he's
1: here. And the other thing that's kind of hurting him now is um, the Leafs had Jared McCann. And I don't want to get into the specifics as to why they protected Kerfoot over McCann or why McCann ended up going to Seattle instead of Kerfoot. because because, um, but apparently the Leafs wanted Kerfoot. They loved his versatility.
0: Yeah. They liked that he could play center and wing
1: and, Dude, how many how many goals do you think Jared McCann has this year in Seattle?
0: I have no idea. Thirty-five
1: so they, goals. Holy man.
0: Christ, really?
1: Yeah. Last I, year he had twenty-seven. <laughs> Prior to that, he had never scored more than fourteen goals. So not
0: only are they bad at the
1: draft, the expansion draft, so. <laughs> and
0: any, any kind of draft, they're just horrible at.
1: Yeah. So, give it up for Jared McCann. Second on the team in uh, points, first in goals obviously he's, uh, found some chemistry there that, yeah, that's that Seattle team. It's like, a they've got three strong lines. Obviously, Matty Beniers is a rookie of the year candidate. He's been outstanding for them. Um, huge reason why guys like Jerry McCann are doing well. Same with Andre Burkowski, Oliver Borkstrom. Uh, they got a, three guys there that are making a huge impact, not just on the team, but on the guys they're playing with. And, yeah. Uh, looking back, I think the Leafs would probably rather have Jerry McCann. The only thing is, wh- where, would you, where would you put a Jerry McCann? Because you're not going to be putting on
0: the top six no,
1: No. So it's, it's, it's easy to say, okay, well, in Seattle, he's playing this role. Would he do the same thing in Toronto? Well, he, well he's on he the second line. He wouldn't be on your first power play. No. Where, which that's where he's playing in Seattle. So it's. And who's he playing with? Yeah. Uh, that's what I mean. Like. Right. He's not playing with that many good guys. Like he's honest. not going
0: to get 35 goals playing with, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So we'll see. Like a guy like Kerfoot, I know the coaching staff loves because he can kill penalties. He can do anything. He can play center. He can play wing. He can play on your top line and your fourth line. And he's not going to complain. And but he man, he, he hasn't finished this year.
0: What's like, he got? Th- three goals.
1: He's got like as many goals as Marty Berdur, I think.
0: Yeah. So then that brings back the question. Bring us back to Nine Matthew. goals this year. Bring it back to Matthew. Nice. What role do you see him playing? Like not what position, what line, but what role? So here, here's what I think he's going to do. He'll, he'll,
1: if, if Yarn Crocker, the top line is, is not doing something. I think, I know you're saying what role, but I think he's going to find his way on the top six. I think he's going to be playing a Zach Hyman uh, type role. Zach Hyman, Michael Bunting type role. Uh, puck goes into the corner. Nice is going to be the first one there. He's mm-hmm. going to be digging it out. He's going to be on the forecheck. check. He's going to be just shoveling pucks to Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, whoever he's on the line with. Um, he's just going to go to work and energy line roll, whatever you want to call it. He's going to be, when we're talking about that identity that the Leafs are maybe lacking with that mindset, I think he's going to come in with the kind of mindset that they're probably going to need because, I said we, we, he's coming off a season where he's going to be, uh, up for the Hokie, Hobie Baker. He's, uh, top. He plays for the top school, uh, top team in the D one. Um, you know, by the time we record, by the time we post his podcast, he might be in the, in the final for the frozen four. So mm-hmm. coming in with a ton of confidence. So, yeah, I just don't know who he takes out of the lineup.
0: And not just that, I think he's going to come in with a lot of, uh, a lot of adrenaline. He's going to be jacked
1: up. Totally. All right. You want to He's, do one more, or how yeah, we let's do doing one more. here?
0: Let's do one more. Mark B in Toronto, and I like this one. How good will Patrick Kane be in the playoffs? Can you see him winning MVP or leading in scoring?
1: I could see him completely tearing it up. Yep. I love that Rangers team. I like what they did at the deadline. I, I, I think we picked it on my on the first podcast here. I said it was going to be Rangers Oilers in the final. I'm um, sticking to
0: that pick um yeah how can you not like patrick kane patrick have you ever seen have you ever seen patrick kane get hit hard no i've never seen him get hit no only time john scott hit
1: him in the all-star game (laughs) oh as a joke obviously
0: yeah no you can't catch that guy oh it doesn't matter it doesn't matter so what he's getting a little older
1: yeah he had a terrible year this year with chicago but he's been good
0: with the rangers yeah but Look at his last two games in Chicago before he went to New York. He got like oh,
1: seven points. Yeah. When he was like, Oh, you want me to try just to show yeah. that I can still play? Yeah. Fine, here we go. Yeah. I'll put on a show for you.
0: And then Chicago's like, God damn, we should ask for more.
1: Yeah. I don't think it's going to be vintage Patrick Kane. Like, doesn't him. have to be, though. No. And on that team, they are so deep. Uh, yeah. I, I love that pickup. I. So what was the question? How good will he be? He'll be yeah, outstanding. He'll he'll be, I think. I think we're going to be talking a lot about Patrick Kane. Um, if the Rangers win the cup or in the final, yeah, Patrick Kane, I think, will be totally in the con- conversation for the Cons. Man.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And for leading and scoring, that depends how many rounds Connor McDavid makes it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think Connor McDavid's got that one sealed.
0: No, out. he's has He's got that. I think he gets. I think he gets fifty points in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, no. Interesting. All
0: You want to wrap it up. Let's do it. All right. Let's wrap it up. See you guys in the next one. Thank you for listening to the hockey verse. If you enjoyed this show, please share the love by leaving us a five star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing the hockey verse to your friends and family. Also. Be sure to check out the hockeyverse.com. While you're there, sign up for our newsletter. It's specifically written for you, the die-hard hockey fan. From insider news to opinion and analysis, our NHL-focused newsletter will entertain and equip you for the conversations of the day. We thank you for your support and until next time, this is The Hockeyverse. Hockeyverse.